Welcome, everybody, to Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post, Jake Brown and Nelson Figueroa. There's a lot of important things going on right now in our country and in sports that need to be addressed. So this show is going to be a little bit different. We're going to get into the Mets later on and what happened on the field and the Subway Series this weekend. But I want to start this episode of the podcast off playing what Dom Smith had to say, the audio from him, courtesy of the Mets and SNY, what he said to the media last night about why he knelt during the national anthem and his thoughts on racial injustice going on in our nation right now. Listen up to Dom Smith. These are very important words. I've been very emotional. Um, Yeah, just to kind of see this, you know, continuously happen. So, um, I mean, yeah, it was a long day for me, so. Kind of wasn't there mentally, but we'll be all right. I think the most difficult part is to see, like, people still don't care. And for for this, it just continuously happened. I mean, it just shows um, just a hate in people's heart. And, I mean... I mean, that, that just sucks, you know? And being a black man in America, it's, it's not easy. So, <laughs> I mean, like I said, you know, I, I just, I wasn't there today, but I'll, I'll bounce back. I'll be fine. Dom Smith right there was honest. He spoke from the heart. And I watched that last night, and I, I teared up. Onions were being cut. And we like to have fun on the show. We like to joke on the show. And we got to keep it real about this situation, folks. You could say the whole, oh, don't bring politics into sports, don't bring it into baseball. This is bigger than politics. These are human rights. And I always said, yeah, I we shy away from these kind of things. It was sticking to baseball. I want people to keep their minds off. But this is too important. This happens over and over again. And Dominic Smith is a black man in a predominantly white sport, took his stand by taking a knee, and he didn't need the support of Michael Ford or these other guys. He didn't need to tell them he was going to do it. He did it because he's standing for what's right, and he's standing for his race. And he's sick of seeing what is happening in our country. He is sick and tired of the injustice against the black community. And if, if you don't understand what's going on or, or you want to defend the other side, put any politics out of it. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, middle, left, right, up, down, center. That is completely irrelevant to this entire situation. A man was shot seven times in the back. Other courses of action were not taken. It's not just Jacob Blake we're talking about. It's not just Ahmaud Arbery. It's not just Breonna Taylor. It's not George Floyd. The list goes on and on. It's almost something new every day. And you could say, oh, it's a few bad apples. Police brutality, racial injustice is real. It's here. And you want to say that players sitting out, a sport canceling their games as the NBA postponed their games, as the Bucks decided to say in the locker room, you want to say that doesn't make a difference? It does. Because on a show where we always talk Mets, where we're always laughing, We're talking about this because this is more important than Jacob deGrom's blown game, than Wilson Ramos's, you know, game-winning hit in the eighth inning last night. This is what matters in our country. And there is so much division, Figgy, that drives me insane. I was never a politics guy, 
and I was I didn't want to get politics in sports, but this is not politics. White folks, me, I've never had to talk with my parents about what to do when confronted by cops. That is something that black parents have to have with their children these days because their kids are being shot and killed. And that's not right. We have not been put in situations like this. We are privileged. And if you don't see that, you're living under a freaking rock. And you saw Sterling Brown, the player on the Milwaukee Bucks, and more video coming out from that instance. And, oh, he's a member of the Bucks. We got to be careful. This could be a media overblown. that We could get blown through the roof of this. Oh, cops are raising blah, blah, blah. It's more than that. How about you not for a, a parking citation put your leg on this guy's ankle? We're seeing videos come out, and it shouldn't just be the videos. But the videos are just proving what I'm trying to say here. And that is that they, the black community, the people of color, are not treated the same as white people. And you have a murderer, a 17-year-old murderer, getting a cup of water from cops. You got a guy who murdered people. This is not a topic, oh, all is fine. He was defending himself. Jacob Blake shot seven times. Now, taser children in the car. Oh, there was a knife in his car. If that's your argument, knife versus being shot seven times. Hmm, let's see if that's an argument. Let's see if that's a debate. So I'm just sick and tired of it, Figgy. I think racial injustice is big. Dom Smith poured his heart and soul into what he said. And people need to listen to what he's saying. And if you don't watch baseball again, don't watch it. I don't care. If you're not going to listen to this show because of what we're saying right now, then don't listen. But this is about human rights. This is about being a good person, man. And I cried watching this because it's just every day. Scott Van Pelt said it pretty well. He said this. He said, who loses if we all win? If every race wins, who loses in the end? Why are we rooting for people to lose? Why can't we all be treated as equal and the same? And we're seeing teams stand up for change, and we're seeing teams now vote. I will be making my vote, and I, we won't get politics and president involved into this because we're not. We're talking about human rights here. Change is coming, and change is brewing. And these kind of things, teams stepping up, is what the world needs. And you think, oh, you know, what is this going to do? It's going to do a lot. And it already is. And I really hope change does come. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who just have raised poorly, have bad, bad beliefs, don't stand for this kind of stuff. Racism is real. And I wish it weren't, man. I'll hand it off to you. But that's, you know, there's a lot more I could say on this, but I don't want to take up the whole time and I'll, I'll let you react to uh, everything going on. And, and I'm sure, I know you were, we talked about this, you were emotional watching Dom's comments as well. Yeah, well said, Jake. Um, as a person of color, uh, as a minority growing up, trying to do things the right way, trying to get out of the circumstances that I grew up in, trying to do everything to live the American dream for not just me, but for my family. Uh, first one to graduate from high school, go to college, um, the baseball dream. Yeah, that's all great. But along the way, you play in different cities in the country. And I mean, I played in some of the smallest cities. I played in Tennessee. I played in some of what people would consider some of the most redneck parts of the country. And I've met some beautiful people, man. I still have relationships with people. And it comes down to basic human rights. I'm tired of hearing the all lives matter because without these cameras, these are the things that we're seeing is because of these cameras. Without these cameras, what is happening? Remember, if you're not being watched, 
what kind of a person are you? Most of the time, these people know they're being watched, especially the cops. They have body cams. In this situation, the body cams were off. And a man was, attempted murder was made on a man from point blank range, seven shots in the back, seven, seven. You wouldn't do that to an animal. You do that to another human being whose three kids are sitting there in the car watching this. You saw the young lady freaking out on the side of the road because it didn't have to happen. Three officers called on scene. They couldn't control the scene. Three officers. It started as a girl fight, a response to a girl fight. There was no weapon present. There was no weapon in plain view. Sure, you find a weapon afterwards. I don't know too many minorities that don't travel with a weapon of some sort in the car, whether it be a, a, a small bat or a nightclub or something. It's disgusting at this point. And the sports world has had enough. Being a professional athlete and a former professional athlete, you're always afraid about what your platform is, right? Everybody's doing social media for likes. Everybody's doing social media for, for more clicks. Everybody's doing social media for, you know, you want to be loved. I think we're at a place now. No one really cares about being loved as much as they want to be heard. They want their stories out there. You have someone like LeBron James, Michael Jordan in his prime with whatever happened, whatever things happened, Michael Jordan in his prime never spoke out. He's speaking out now because enough is enough. LeBron James, Giannis, all these players said, and Donovan Mitchell Jr., the playoffs don't matter. They're still not being killed. It's almost like they're being hunted. And when it comes to what happened at, at the protest, when there is an armed gentleman walking through the streets with an automatic rifle on him, you wouldn't wear a MAGA hat at an event like this. You thought an armed, having an AR or a rifle walking through the streets was a good idea? If you want to show your support, you do that. If you don't want to show your support, but you just want to cause chaos, he did that. Shot and killed people and still walked through the streets. I did not see one cop put him on the ground, put their knee in his neck while he's holding a loaded rifle. Enough is enough to see this continually happening. And it, it's not the ones that we see, Jake. It's the ones we don't see. It's the ones that we don't know the names. It's the ones that, that go missing and nobody knows what happened. They know what happened. They know, they've known what happened for years. When you talk about defunding the police, it's not about living in a lawless land. We're not going back to the wild, wild west. But those three officers in Kenosha were not trained to handle that situation. How does that situation get out of control to the point where you have to unload seven bullets in a man's back? Training, retraining, de-escalating. There's a million ways that that could have been handled. The best that they could come up with, seven bullets in broad daylight, right on the street where people are, are out. And if it wasn't for the one guy who had his camera running, what would we have known about this? It's Kenosha. What would we have known? Dominic Smith, for all the things that he's had to endure to get to this point. And for last night, for him having to sit there and answer the questions for an entire race and for a, a, a part of the race where you, you, you have earned this platform because you're a professional athlete. His getaway from those pressures of 
not wanting to be pulled over on his drive home from the ball game to and from, those pressures are ha- you leave it behind and you play a baseball game for three hours. He couldn't do that last night. He took a knee, and it was more like if he w- he dropped to a knee, because enough is enough, man. He's carrying the burden for a whole race as a New York Met. He is the guy that they're going to ask all the questions of. He is the guy that they turned and asked, well, were you upset with your teammates because they didn't do it? And he said, it's not their fight. It's not their fight. He didn't do it for them. He didn't ask them to take a knee with him. He did it because enough is enough. I have nothing but the utmost respect for what Dom has been through. Even his journey up to the big leagues, dealing with being, you know, pushed back and, and Pete Alonso skyrocketed, took over his job. The guy did it the whole time with a smile on his face and said, I just want to be the best teammate I can be. You can't find a better teammate than him. You ask every single guy on that team, who's the guy that brings a smile to your face? It's Dom Smith. Last night, he brought tears to anyone who heard his voice. Those weren't tears that just came out. Those tears jumped out of his eyes in a way that you could see him exhale and just let loose. He's been holding this all in for so long, so long, man. And to have that release on television and to have to answer questions and to have to put himself in that situation where, you know, do you, were you disappointed that the Mets didn't cancel the game? That's not his call. That's not his call. Was he out of it, like he said, mentally? Yeah. Wasn't his best game. Wasn't, wasn't the game he wanted to have. But if you think the social conscience of a minority athlete and especially a black athlete, is something that you can go to sleep and not have to worry about it in the morning, you're sadly mistaken. It's not about politics, Jake. It's about the issues involved. The issue is this, basic human rights. Not feeling like a traffic stop, you have to beg for your life because you ran a red light. I, I, I don't get how you could see it any differently. I have family members who are police officers, fire department, civil servants, and their job is to protect and serve. And when you see this venom that's being spit towards them now, because it's it's not all of the cops, it's not all, but people have had enough. So it's almost as if when you say the blue lives matter and you have to take a line, it was sad to see during the protest, the black police officers were mouthing, mouthing the protest chants because they couldn't do anything more. But they wanted to let the people know that they felt that pain. Because without that badge, without that riot gear, they were the same human being underneath that. That's what we're losing sight of. That's a uniform. That's not skin. The skin doesn't come off, man. The uniform does. And there's a lot of police officers who've walked off the job because they fear what's going to happen next. They fear that they have to make that choice. They never get to choose to stop being black. Their rights, as soon as they take off that badge and they're driving out, it has happened. It has happened without the badge. We see it all the time. There's racial profiling and they have to prove who they are, but they could suffer the consequences. That's what it's like in America these days. I applaud the athletes for taking a stand, the NBA, during the playoffs. That speaks volumes.
the three, the six teams that decided not to play the game last night, you commend them for what they did. The teams that did play, yeah, they're paid professionals. It's their job to do it. And like you said, sports and politics don't normally mix. But I think the professional athlete is trying to take a stand and stand side by side with everyone else because take off the uniform, they're still going to be black tomorrow. It's important that we stand along with them, and that was very well said, Figgy. And you're a fan. You're a person. You're tired of a guy kneeling. You're tired of you know teams boycotting from keeping you entertained. They're inconveniencing you. How about getting murdered by cops? How about being treated unfairly for hundreds of years? This isn't a new thing. This isn't one video, two videos. How about Brianna Taylor in her bed getting killed? You can't live normally as a, a black man or woman and be comfortable anymore. They're coming into your house. And I don't want to say, oh, well, this, if this, that, this, that. It's not the same for white and black. And if you don't see that, you're blind. I'm sorry, you're blind. You're just not getting it. And I think it's important that white people like me, people of a platform like us with this show, we speak up. You know, we don't have millions of listeners and stuff but you know the people listen to this show i want them to know that we believe what's right we believe in basic human rights and that's what we're talking about here and it, it hit close to home with us even more when dom smith spoke and one of our own listen i interviewed dom smith in the dugout i think 2016 20 i forget what year whatever year he was there in september wasn't on the team but he was with the team nicest guy a ball hit me in the butt uh, went past the first baseman. He grabbed my butt cheek. He, you know, I had Dom Smith grab my butt, so I got some Dom action. Uh, and he grabbed my butt. He said, "You good? You good?" And he's the nicest guy. That's you know, trying to make light of this situation a little bit, but it's hard, man. We can't just keep making light, and he can't just go out there and play and just accept it for what it is. People need to come to the realization that racism is real, and we need to end it. It's not never going to end fully, but it's things like this and steps like this that might get us into a spot where we're closer to being equal. It really, we, we really need change. And it starts with all of us standing. It starts with us voting. It starts with people talking to, you know, governors and people in charge of laws and regulations and, and cops and police chiefs. It, it starts with us, you know, passing the word around. And that's what we're trying to do. One other thing you talk about being sports, sports sets you up throughout your whole life, throughout your whole life. You're playing sports. Yeah. You want to go pro, but not, less than 5% go pro. Let's be real. But what sports does is it teaches you life lessons early on. It teaches you about being a good person, a good teammate, a good member of an organization. It teaches you about doing everything it takes to win and put together a winning. So when you go out into society, there are lessons that you learn by playing baseball as a young kid that will stay with you forever and ever and ever. My biggest thing now is if we're all on the team that's Americans, right, and it's America first, then it doesn't matter what color my teammate is. He's still my teammate. And I want him to have the same opportunities for success that I have. That would be like Dom going out there and not getting a bat to play with. And everybody's saying, well, well, doesn't matter. He's getting a chance to play. It's not. You have to realize that as a member of this team, America, you're all in. It doesn't matter what shade you are. So it's about making it better for each and every one of us. If one of us isn't having it the same, then we're all losing. 
We're all losing in that situation. And until you recognize that, until you can honestly sit there and say, oh, they have it just as good as I do. It's not about the money. It's not about the monetary side of it, okay? There are rappers who make millions of dollars for making bad songs, but they will also get a knee in their back tomorrow, just like that. And it might be because they have all that jewelry on and sing about the things that they sing about. We have to realize that it goes beyond. I'm going to say this, and I, I don't normally do anything like this, but where we're at right now, and I'm talking about issues or what we have to wrap ourselves around. I don't care if you're red, blue, everywhere in between. The issues are the most important thing. I have worked with a company over the last two years, voteinterout.com, and all we're trying to do is put information in the hands of people to be more educated when it comes time to vote and create change. Protests are one thing. Riots are a whole nother thing. Not even going to get into that. That's just anger and frustration. That used to happen in the 50s and 60s. We only see the same 10 videos because that's all they ever recorded and let us see. More than that happened on a daily basis, I promise you. But voteinterout.com, get information, able to read about the issues that you're passionate about. Form your own opinion. Become an educated voter. Voting is how things are going to get changed. Protests can only do so much. Voting, like you said, and I will be voting, are how we're going to be able to create change and put people in office that do give a damn. Yeah, it's, it's well said, Figgy, and change needs to happen sooner rather than later. We'll, we'll move on. It's hard to move on here, but I know people do listen to us to talk about the Mets and rant and rave about the Mets. And, you know, I, I was ready if, if they uh, blew that game and lost that game to uh, yell about other things. But this, oh, I knew is, it. this is more important. If that game was a loss, what we just said would have been followed by a rant about the Mets, but they did win. So it's a little bit calmer today, and they have the five-game Subway Series ahead this weekend. But, God, man, I mean, when is it going to end with Jacob deGrom? I mean, we're going to talk about everything going on. Jacob deGrom, every time he goes out there, boom, seven innings, dominant, 14 strikeouts, two hits, one run, two walks, was incredible. And then six outs was just too much for the bullpen before Wilson Ramos hit one the other way and scored Billy Hamilton, the pinch runner. But... God, it is, it's tough to even watch DeGrom continue to not get wins, and I don't know how he still goes out there and fights are, but this is like clockwork. I got a text from a former Met last night, and he said they're wasting his prime. Remember, DeGrom's not in his prime per se, but he's in his pitching prime because I, I'm sorry, the guy has never looked better as far as pure stuff. He's added two miles an hour to his whole arsenal. Um, it's just ch- chess playing in a marbles tournament right now. That's how he makes it look. Even that run that he gave up, which infuriated him. And this is what aces do. They get mad about things like that. What was it? A pop-up double, uh, two little ground balls, and they scored a run on him. And it infuriated him to the tune of, I'm just not going to let them hit it. Strikes out 14. You think you're in a great position. And of course, something has to go wrong because it's Jacob DeGrom. There's no one in the game who has more no decisions than Jacob DeGrom in the last three years. There's no one in the game who consistently pitches this caliber of baseball 
and doesn't have the wins to show for it. And wins used to matter so much to me because as a as a starting pitcher, you want the chance to get the win. Going at least five is important. That's doing more than half the game. Then if you're able to go deeper into the game, the further you can go, it's a badge of honor. I got the win. You know why? Because the team gets the win, the manager's name gets the win, and your name gets the win. Those are the columns that those things go into. But as you see, you have no control over that, as Jacob deGrom can surely tell you about. It marvels me that he has that demeanor. And he did this two years ago, I remember in his interviews, where they were just trying to get him to snap. It was like, because you could see Matt Harvey was unraveling. And it was like, Jacob deGrom keeps going out there and just throwing no decision after no decision. And you couldn't break this guy because mentally he could look himself in the mirror and he could say, I did everything I could do. I gave it all. I left it all out there. And he continues to do that. That's why he's the best, for me, the best pitcher in baseball. There are guys that are having good seasons. There are guys that are having good streaks to start out the season. There are guys that are very impressive in this shortened season with you know the extra long preparation time. There are guys that are impressing the uh, Trevor Bauer was at a, you know, he was holding, had a 0.93 ERA going into the game. He got lit up a little bit. And so he's over a one now just to watch, not just the consistency, but the dominant consistency. And against a team that he faced three times in a row, I can't even begin to tell you how difficult that is, Jake. It doesn't matter who you are. You only have so many tricks to get guys out. And when you're only seeing a team once or twice a season, yeah, you can dominate them easily. The pitcher always has the advantage. But this team has seen him over the last three years, and yet they still go back, walk into the dugout in awe of what they're seeing because he keeps getting better and better and better. So I'm glad the Mets won because, yes, I was expecting the Jake Grant, and I was ready to jump right on board with you. But I look at DeGrom as that pillar of control, which you can control. 14th time in the last three seasons that Jacob DeGrom has thrown at least seven innings, allowed one or zero runs, one or zero runs, and not gotten a win. That's twice as many times as the next closest MLB pitcher on the list. So he is far beyond a lack of run support. And listen, he had four runs of support. You're feeling good. It's 4-1, top of the eighth. And I like Justin Wilson. He just didn't have it last night. The problem is this, and we'll, we'll switch to this topic, is Luis Rojas has been in over his head. He has not done a good job at all in any sense of the game from, you know, from whether it was the lineup or playing guys or mostly the bullpen and pulling starters or keeping starters in too long. It's been a train wreck. And when are you going to learn that putting Edwin Diaz with the bases loaded or people on base is never a good Idea, and this is part of the trickle effect of moving Seth Lugo into the rotation. You don't have that get that stopgap anymore. You don't have that guy to seal the deal that you're not as worried about. And while Lugo had some struggles in the bullpen, for the most part, he was sensational. And he's not the guy you could put in for the final five outs anymore. So they put Diaz in, but why not Patantis there? Why not even Brock there? I'd rather anyone but Diaz with the bases loaded. I mean, you're putting yourself in such a tight spot and you knew he was going to walk a guy I know he got a big strikeout you knew he's gonna walk guy and then he gets injured leaves the game and Brock put is put into an impossible spot um, luckily he held the door after the walk he threw two balls I mean he comes in a 2-1 count it's not even fair at that point uh, I know Diaz wanted to stay in Mets were airing on the side of caution and maybe for the best for them because that could have got ugly if Diaz stayed in that game but 
Figgy, when is he going to learn? Use Patances. Why is Patances? Patances has been solid so far with the Mets. Why not use him? Stop using Diaz in these high leverage spots with guys on base. It doesn't work. So what the analytics would tell you is based on their swings last night, it was strikeouts, right? High velocity. Sliders were tough for them to pick up. And he felt like the best weapon to use at that time was someone who threw 100 and had a tight slider um, when he's on. That same person is the person who also can go and walk, you know, the ballpark. Um, and we've, we've seen that from him as well. They've got to find a way to instill that confidence in Diaz and get something back for it. Every time it seems like once he starts going well and you put him in that situation of a little bit more pressure, he implodes. Um, and yeah, bases loaded is tough for anybody. I mean, doesn't doesn't matter who you are. And Brock did a great job of getting out of that and continuing on. In that situation, you're not going to bring in a Batances who does the same thing. He could walk the yard. His velocity is only 92, 93 right now. His breaking ball has been sweeping at best. Hasn't been a, a put-away pitch. So you'd like rather have Diaz the with the bases loaded than Batances, you're saying? I'm saying when it comes to the, the wild swinging Marlins after they've already struck out 14 times, yes, I'm feeling like there's going to be more chase in them. And I'm feeling as long as Diaz is understanding of that, then attack the strike zone. And, and there's, there's a million ways to attack the strike zone. He just, again, spiraled very quickly. I do look at there's a relationship between the manager, rookie manager, and a rookie pitching coach that there isn't a guidance over the situational type deal. And when you're saying that you have to plan two, three innings ahead, while you're watching in all of Jacob DeGrom, you got to start thinking he's getting close to pitch 100. What do we have next up? And as you say that next up, I always talk about this. Wilson would have been up and there'd be a parachute right behind him, which means as soon as Wilson goes, first guy gets on, the other guy starts throwing. So this way, this guy can be ready in a moment's notice to come bail him out. That's the thing that I haven't seen yet, that next up being ready. And it's not a personal thing. It's it, it, They used to not do it because the pitcher on the mound would get upset. Oh, somebody's warming up. Somebody's warming up. There's 60 games. You're almost at the halfway point right now. Every game matters, especially in your own division against the Marlins who are ahead of you. You have to play with more urgency. They didn't do it with the bats the first two games with the doubleheader. There was no urgency. They left runners on base all over the place, had opportunities, faced two rookie slash minor league pitchers who dominated. Rogers dominated. If he didn't, wasn't Nuke Lelouch walking five and striking out five, uh, he would have had a much better outing. But I don't see that urgency still in this team. And that's the thing that I worry about most. You know, you, you have certain guys who are handling the bat well. Conforto is as solid as he's ever been. He's that rock in the middle of that lineup. But I'm not seeing the urgency all the way around, especially in the bullpen, um, where honestly, Gaselman would have been somebody that I would have left in the bullpen for the day. I know he might have to start whatever it is, but if he can go one inning for you, because he's a guy that throws strikes and you're not worried about him imploding and walking guys. Um, you should have guys like that if you're a playoff caliber team, which we thought the Mets on paper were. It's just it seems every night one of the relievers takes the night off. Yeah, Luis Rojas, I'm just going to say it. He's been in over his head. I mean, they went with the rookie manager. They went with the rookie pitching coach. And I'm not going to say fire him. Obviously, it's a couple weeks. It's a bizarre season. You're a month in. 
Um, but it's been frustrating to watch him. And it's going to be very interesting here with uh, the ownership situation. If a new owner would bring in a, a new manager and a new GM, is this the end of Brody? Is this the end of Rojas? It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. We might know more in a week when these bids on the 31st come in. By next Thursday show, we might have an idea. You know, I've heard rumblings of that it's it's a Rod and um, it's a Rod and J Lo. You know, I I've I've heard rumblings in the paper. I've heard rumblings from you know someone I know, and that's all I'll say. But it it seems that that is could be in the works. Let's hope not. You know, I want Steve Cohen, um, but I have heard rumblings that that's going to end up being J the J Rod bid. So we'll, that's that could play a factor in Luis Rojas's future this weekend as we wrap up the show here. Figgy, the Subway Series is happening for now, and. You know, definitely sending all of our thoughts and prayers to everyone involved that's getting hit by Hurricane Laura right now because it's it's bigger than Hurricane Katrina, and that's scary to even think about, to put, wrap your mind around. The hurricane might m- make its way here this weekend, so there is a chance that, again, all these games won't be played. I mean, it's going to be insane scheduling-wise how to make this work, but there's a chance they don't get in five. We'll pretend like they are going to get in all five and doubleheader Friday, single game Saturday, doubleheader Sunday, and then Thursday, City Field game. To finish the series. A little strange they didn't have a couple of these games at City Field. I mean, it's not like you're traveling far. I get personnel-wise in the stadium. A little bizarre they didn't change it, but not a huge deal. Might work out better for the Mets in the short ports, or it works out worse for Mets pitchers. Um, but what are you looking for in this Subway Series where we're not going to see Jacob DeGrom, who they decided to use yesterday, which it ended up working out, but a little bizarre not to have him in a five-game series against a good team. Yeah, I'm disappointed by that. But with everything that happened with the COVID scare, I guess Jake hadn't thrown in three days and they didn't want to just ramp him right back up. So Porcello took the ball instead because he had been playing catch and was uh, ready to go. Um, It didn't work out for him, of course. Uh, He struggled uh, in that first game back. Um, And yes, of course, you want to have Jacob DeGrom anytime you can have him. It's it's unfortunate because that's what I said from the beginning. If you can have two games of Jacob DeGrom in a week, you take it because that's your best shot at winning. But as we know, you got to score runs and maintain a lead. To There's always things that have to happen, not just DeGrom being on the hill, um, especially if you're not going to let him go all – that's why we said for a doubleheader game, he goes all seven. That's done deal. So we, what do we know? Uh, we're learning baseball as we go, and, and it's ever-changing uh, analytics and evolution. So no Jacob DeGrom this weekend. Uh, the Yankees are reeling. Um, five straight losses, yep. Five straight losses, injuries. Uh, Judge might be out again. Um, so you have a lot of factors that are coming into play, and, you know, it's might be the right time for the Mets to uh, do something good against the Yankees um, and, and find a way to, uh, you know, put themselves in a much better position. Uh, we said this was going to be a, a huge week before COVID hit and before all the games and nine games in six days kind of thing. Um, so far, uh, it's it's shaped out that way. I didn't like what I saw in the doubleheader versus the Marlins. Yesterday was a little bit better. I'm looking for more inspired play uh, and being able to uh, really take it to the Yankees. And that's got to raise their, their level as well. But as we said before, the leadership involved, Who's really going to rally the troops? I mean, Cano can, Cano can make it personal, say how much he hates the Yankees, you know, and say, you know, say some kind words and, and, and try and get the guys going. But there, there usually is, there's no David Wright to uh, be the guy to lead the bus ride and, you know, be like, we're not coming back. If, if we don't take 
these first two games, you're not allowed back kind of thing, you know? I, I, I miss those kind of leaders, and they don't have that guy yet. Pete, Pete can probably be that leader soon, but Pete is also worried about his performances, um, and, and that's what we have. We have a lot of individualized performance at, you know, their own position, the team element of the game is kind of uh, on, on the outside looking in. I look for more of that team, the chemistry, um, to help carry a ball club, and I haven't seen that yet. And the series has a lot of a different feel to it, especially with everything going on. Like, I mean, we expect them to play this weekend if weather's good, but who even knows now? We remember the, the Mariners, Padres, and Dodgers, Giants games were postponed. We expect them to play, but this series definitely has a different feel to it, Figgy. We're going to see everyone but Jacob DeGrom, and we probably will see the return of Michael Walker. The Mets have kept mum on it. We'll probably see the return of David Peterson, and they badly need them. Um, they're saying Mats won't start. I just don't know if I buy that yet. We don't even know who the starter is Thursday night yet. But it's wild. The Yankees are sixteen and eleven. The Mets are if the Mets if they win Thursday night are fourteen and sixteen. By the end of the weekend, as bizarre as it sounds, the Mets could end up having a better record than the Yankees. And if you said that a week ago, I'd call you crazy because I didn't even think it was mathematically possible. And now it is, and the Yankees are reeling, and they are off Thursday, so they come into the series ready to go, fresh, but. Coming off a doubleheader of their own, this is going to be an interesting series. I thought it would be easily a Yankee win, but you're right. They're reeling. There's a chance of the no judge, and they're going to be throwing out the same kind of pitches as the Mets, guys who just don't have the experience. So we can, we'll see. And also, just a heads up, I, I didn't let you know, but this morning on Pinstripe Pod, I made a bet, a friendly wager with uh-huh. Christina and Jeff Nelson that if the Yankees win three out of five, us two have to take them two for a steak dinner. And if the Mets win three out of five, they take us to a steak dinner. I figured you wouldn't care because either way we're eating steak. Yeah, steak but, is steak, brother. Yeah, so if, if we lose a socially distanced uh, steak dinner will be happening. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm still excited for the Subway Series. And, and anyone that I've talked to, I've talked to about a half dozen former players who talk about what they usually loved about the Subway Series was the fans. That's the different thing now. There's not going to be fans there. But I think uh, the, the smack talk would be at, a, at an all-time high if somehow the Mets could get the first few of them and really put the pressure on the Yankees because, you know, com- coming off of losing a bunch of games in a row like that, you kind of reshuffle the deck and uh, got to see where you're at. So I- I'm got to kick them while they're down, right? That's what they, they should be uh, trying to do. So I, I think they have to uh, still have to raise their game. The Yankees are still the Yankees. But um, I-, I do like the matchup a lot better than I did just a week ago. Yep, and the 20-year anniversary of the 2000 World Series. So many great memories. Piazza's two-run homer in the eighth Sunday night baseball game. I was at a Shea. Wright's walk-off against Mariano to center field. The extra inning game, the World Series. Roger Clemens throwing his bat. Sean Estes hitting a home run um, off Clemens. So, so many good times over the years. It's going to be weird this year, but hopefully there's some fun element to it. This show's a lot different. We're not going to close out with the music, with our quips, but yes, this is episode 22. I would have said the Dom Smith or Al Leiter or Don Clendenin episode of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the post. And, you know, we stand with Dom Smith or we kneel with him. And I think it would be a nice move if some of the Mets, you know, did do that in solidarity with him. I don't think it's necessary and you get why not, but I think the Mets stand with him in, in terms of, they support him and we support him. And, you know, thank you for pouring it out. I think it was important that a, a baseball player and a black baseball player did that and said something. And we need to all be better people. People need to read up on the issues. People need to vote. 
People need to understand what's going on around them and stop pointing to the other side, political side. Just be good people. Be good-hearted people. Vote for whoever you want, but just be a good person. Don't be racist and treat others with respect. And if black people win, white people win. We all win. I don't get it. No one loses in the end. So, you know, we'll close it out on that, Figgy. But, um, you know, thank you for saying what you had to say and pouring your heart out there and, we will talk again on Monday after this five-game Subway Series set. Enjoy the series, folks, and our thoughts and prayers, everyone, with those in Louisiana that are getting hit by Hurricane Laura as well. And enjoy the games. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Be safe.